are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs. Right here on the Locked On NBA Network, I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer, and I'm glad to have you back. This episode of Locked On Spurs is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and get yourself 20% off your next order. So what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to be looking at tonight's contest, Spurs-Nets. This is the first time the two teams meet uh, this season. It's going to be interesting to see how the Spurs will plan against a, a very, very tough Nets team with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and the rest of the crew. We're going to dive into some keys to the game. What should the Spurs fans expect? And much, much more. Also, we have two games under our belt when it comes to Luka Samanich. What have we seen so far? Is he showing something, anything, in his two games with San Antonio? To do that and more, I'm joined by Ty Yeager, Spurs Zone contributor. Follow him on Twitter. The Ty Yeager. I remember the old one. No. Yeah, remember the old one was like the underscore, or was it Ty underscore Yeager? No, the old one was Ty Yeager Radio. So make sure to follow him on Twitter at the Ty Yeager. Uh, Ty, first of all, you really are just telling everybody to pump the brakes on this Pelicans hype, aren't you? All right. First off, let's start. Let's start off with the thing that I've seen today as we're recording on Sunday. There's a there's a new video. The Ringer does, always does videos, but they tweeted out a video that over against Zion being a point guard apparently is what they think. I don't know what it is exactly. I didn't care. I just cared what they said on the tweets. They the Pelicans are rising. Yeah, unless your definition of rising is three and seven in the last ten, I'm not sure that's the proper use of it. <laughs> And more reason why I should follow uh, Ty on Twitter, because uh, so, he definitely has a uh, earful or has a lot to say when it comes to takes like that. But we're not here for some Pelicans talk. The Spurs took care of business a couple of days ago regarding New Orleans. We're going to be talking about tonight's contest, Spurs net. Look, let's just face it. This is a depleted Spurs team. Popovich pretty much said they're not going to get everybody back before the All-Star break. So they're going to go in just what they got. It's going to be a tough match out, uh, matchup today, isn't it? It is, but fortunately, the Nets are also without Kevin Durant. They're out with a whole, they're out with a whole bunch of other people being out. And I think Kyrie Irving, at least he was out last game. I'm not sure he's going to be out this next game, but yeah. Fortunately for the Spurs, the the uh, Nets are also depleted. Yeah, it's still it's still a pretty damn good Nets team, especially with James Harden. As much as I don't care for James Harden, I still have to respect that he's still a talented player and he can still play. So, but you're going to deal with James Harden still, but it's not like the Spurs have no experience against James Harden, which is the fortunate part. So they can, I think Pop is going to go into his bag of tricks. They still have DeJounte Murray to guard James Harden. They mm-hmm. got a whole bunch of other guys that can defend James Harden as well. So it should be, it should be an interesting matchup seeing how a deplete Spurs who did a really good job defensively against the Pelicans will do. And also against the Thunder, to be honest, do against a Nets team that's kind of been hot, that's been hot even without their players. Yeah, and look, um, the uh, Spurs, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously be great to have Derek White and Keller Johnson to throw at Harden, but I think that is the obviously the biggest storyline tonight is how the Spurs is going to de- defend him. You're going to throw, you're gonna throw Murray at him. You're going to throw Walker at him. Uh, you know, whenever you can, put uh, DeMar on him, just something. I think they just need bodies to try to slow him down because you're looking at uh, James Harden. We all know he can score. That is his thing. But against the Western Conference teams this season, he's averaging 28 points per game. The good news is, uh, Ty, is that the Spurs are 5-0 and versus the East teams. So hopefully they'll go to 6-0. and But, you know, they got a lot on their plate tonight versus Brooklyn. Now, you know, the Spurs got some good things going into tonight's game. 
uh, in their eight home wins are averaging about 8.2 steals per game. That's going to come in handy because you're going to have to limit the touches that the Nets get, especially James Harden and if Kyrie plays. Yeah, and then I would also add on that they did lose against Dallas also after like a really long game, long winning streak. So, But you're also going up against probably one of the worst defenses in the league with the addition of James Harden. They're now 26 overall, and I believe in the past, in past few games, they may be 12th. Maybe that's gone down after the last game. I don't know. But this this defense is still not the best, and James Harden is still not a great defender, which means DeMar DeRozan can certainly cook this team. So yeah, it's and using your defense to take advantage of a weakened offense, that's the way to go. And if you can force James Harden to make the turnovers, which he can be turnover happy whenever you are forcing mm-hmm. him to be, I think you can have a field day with it. Yeah, and it gets better for the Spurs, at least their chances against the Nets tonight. The Spurs currently have three consecutive games with uh, more steals than their opponent. Again, going to come in handy versus a offensively firepowered uh, Nets team, as well as three straight games with less turnovers than their opponent. I cannot stress that enough, Ty. The Spurs got to value the ball tonight. They've been good at it this whole year. They're going to have to really do that uh, tonight versus the Nets. Again, we want to limit the touches the Nets get on offense. Now, you mentioned the defense side. I think that's where the Spurs are going to have to shine. Defensively, they're not bad this season, uh, Ty. They are not. They are top 10 in the league in defense, and I believe in the past seven or so since Jacoperto has started again, they are nearly the fourth best defense in the league. So this is one of the, the Spurs are one of the best defensive teams in the league, even when they are down players, down some of their best players too. And, and Derek White, Rudy Gay has actually been really solid defensively too for the Spurs team. There's, the Spurs are doing so are doing really well even without some of their top defenders. Yeah, and um, the Spurs going to need to have pretty much an all hands on deck mentality, and that's been the mantra since the Spurs have been hit hard with the uh, coronavirus. Patty Mills stressed that uh, uh, after the game uh, versus the Pelicans, saying that that's the mentality the team has right now. We're all coming together. We need bodies. We're in this war together. And that's going to bode well for the uh, Spurs tonight versus the Nets. Now, the Spurs, as mentioned earlier, are coming off a win over the Pelicans, 117-114. And uh, they come into tonight's contest 17-12, and while the Nets come in 22-13. and This is going to be interesting because when it comes to facing teams above 500, Ty, the Spurs have been 6-6. Six and six. They're 500, so you just don't know what Spurs team you're going to get now. We know the key is to slow down Harden as much as you can. What is another key the Spurs have to do tonight versus Brooklyn? Again, force turnovers. Yeah, and this is a Pelicans. This is not a Pelicans team. This is a Nets team that's in the bottom half of the. That's in the bottom ten of the league in turnovers per game, which means they are committing a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. If you can c- commit the turnovers and get yourself some points off those, off that, tr- off the transitions, that's perfect. You just need to take. You need to take advantage of their turnovers and create offense with it. This is still a really strong offense, and you need to take advantage. You need to keep. You need to keep up. Keep playing. Keep landing blows with them. So you're going to fight offense with offense. But the way to fight that offense is have a good defense. As confusing exactly. as that sounds, as I listen back to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the last three games, the Spurs are outscoring their opponent one twelve point seven points per game to one hundred and eight point seven points per game for their opponents. So they are edging out teams in that department. When it comes to steals, now this is huge 
just to reinforce one of the keys we're talking about here, is in the last three games, the Spurs are averaging, brace yourself, Ty, 10.3 steals per game while limiting the ball and valuing the ball and only allowing opponents five steals per game. That is huge, and it gets even better. The Spurs in the last three games are averaging 9.7 turnovers per game while forcing opponents to nearly 15, 14.7. Again, the Spurs got the right mixture going on, even though they're depleted, uh, to hopefully get a win versus Brooklyn tonight. Uh, any final keys to this game before we go to our break, Ty? I also have to add, even with a depleted roster and missing some of your best defenders, and like I said, those guys, you're still having some great defensive performances from your two, technically your two third stringers on Lucas Ominich and Keita Bates-Diop. These two have been tremendous on defense, and it's a really pleasant surprise. While their offense might not be doing too much, but luckily you have LMA coming off the bench anyway, as it is. And LMA is kind of LMA and both Patty were the only two bench players to get points against Pelicans, but they're still generating offense. But if these two, these two guys keep performing the way they have on defense, I think the Spurs are going to be the Spurs have been solid the past few games, despite a game win, a last minute game winner against them from OKC. The Spurs team still looking good, and they're still they're still playing really well. Yeah, and the last game, the last eight games, the Spurs are six and two. So they're definitely playing a lot better than many expected to start the season. Hopefully the Spurs will get a win tonight and um, keep up this winning streak. Hopefully make it a winning streak um, at this uh, four-game homestand before a break. It's going to be a long break, isn't it? I think after this homestand is over, they're off for about a week, I think, a week and a half, something like that. I have to look at it. I need to need to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they just need to get some wins because – they lost a chance at the rodeo road trip. Uh, They're playing against not so great upper crust teams at all. I mean, not many heavy hitters. They lost that opportunity, you know, no through no fault of their own. So they got to get this mo- mojo going, this positive mojo going before the break. All right, when we get a back, to- we're going to shift. A total, a total days for the break. I counted it out. Yeah, there we go. A little over, uh, just a shade over a week. So they'll be gone away. Uh, from some action for quite some time, but uh, we're not done talking. Uh, we're going to continue our chat about your San Antonio Spurs in just a minute as we're going to be putting into focus Lucas Samanich. Um, he's been opening some eyes, not only in the G League, but in the limited time we've seen him in San Antonio. What is he doing right? Anything he's doing wrong? We're going to discuss that and more with Ty. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about Headspace, which is uh, your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditation in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is only, well, it's the only one of its kind which provides these meditation apps using advance in the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation is, Headspace can really uh, help you feel better. If you're feeling overwhelmed, well, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Well, Headspace has a wind-down session uh, their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Um, Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I use Headspace. You need to use it right now. It gets me through hectic days. Uh, Ty, you could probably use it because you're going to have a next a couple of days oh, of, of chaos. Yeah. So uh, it's great for the student like uh, Ty and, and good for myself, who's always constantly getting that Spurs uh, information out there for you. So you deserve to feel happier and Headspace meditation is made simple. So go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial 
with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. And uh, again, before we start talking about Luka Samanich, uh, quickly, I want to talk to you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but you got college basketball, the NHL, and the NBA. Well, they're all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place uh, to place your bets and free to sign up. So go to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts, and when you're asked for that promo code, use Locked On. All right, Ty. So Lucas Samanich, look, let's just face it. I, I think the polarizing part of his name is kind of winding that off a bit. I mean, prior to the G League uh, play and prior to his call-up, you say Lucas Amanich on social media and you're going to start a fight. I mean, basically that's what it came down to pro and then doubters of Samanich. But so far in two games with San Antonio, he's not been too bad. If you look beyond the box score, is that correct? I, yes. Yeah, so you look at beyond that box score, because the way that Luke has been playing these past few games, he's not really been involved in the offense and that's, just kind of being a third stringer coming up and then also adding on that LaMarcus Aldridge is running, is running the, the bench unit, which we, it really showed during the Pelicans game that it just, he doesn't really get the other, his other teammates involved. So he doesn't get that many touches on offense and that's just kind of the way he goes. But the way that he's really staying in the game, he's earning his minutes is on the defensive side of the ball. And yeah, he's not really, he's not really getting steals or protecting the rim, but he's putting on some really good defense in terms of forcing forcing players to pass it out, staying on the defensive efforts there. Just the pure defensive side of the ball has been his bread and butter so far in the past two games. And it's just it's something that's not a a box score is not going to show, unfortunately. But if you if you watch it and then look at some of the advanced stats, it really shows that Luca is playing really good defense, especially for a second a second player. A second-year player whose defense was kind of questionable going into the draft. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a chance to uh, talk to him, as as you did too. And um, whether it been my article about him and being shy, or your chats with him uh, after Austin Spurs games before he got the recall, whether it be Cam Reynolds, Kenny Williams, or himself, Luca has been being focused on defense. He said it a few times. Uh, I believe it was uh, either Kenny Williams or, or Cam Reynolds, or just a teammate of Luca. In, art, in uh, Ty's article, by the way, if you haven't read Ty's article about Lucas Amich uh, and his commitment to defense, you really got to read that. Uh, he mentioned that even when they were eating and away from the court, that Luca talks about being a better defender and rebounder. And even in his first start, although he did say he was a little nervous, but he said that he wanted to focus on defense. I think Spurs fans tend to forget that Luca can be a, a multi-purpose, multi-dimensional you know, player, can he? Yeah, and it's he's six ten. He has the mobility of what can seem like it's a guard at times, and he just he has the speed. And so that combination of speed and size allows him to be a very switchable player, where he can defend guards, but then go then can defend a center. Is he going to be great against some of the centers? I don't think so, just because of how big it is. But he did show that he forced Zion Williamson to step step out of bounds for a turnover against the Pelicans. But he can defend the guards. He can defend defend the. He can really essentially defend one through five in a solid ma- manner. Is he going to be the best defender in the world? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be winning any 
defensive player of the years. Maybe I could see him actually getting into all defensive team if he really con- kept consistent with his defense that he's shown the past few games throughout the whole season. But that's the really that's the great thing about him though, is that size and speed, switchability, which is the most important part of like the league currently, to where you mm-hmm. want to have guys that are switchable on any p- position. And the Spurs have kind of really been building that with Dejounte, with Derek, with Lonnie, guys that are fairly tall for their positions and still really good at switching. Keldon Johnson can do it too with his like body size and his mass mm-hmm. that he can he can really defend power forwards and even centers at times even being for undersized the Spurs have just taken a really good advantage of having switchable players and Lucas Amonish fits that mold perfectly in his uh, first start this season with San Antonio in 18 minutes uh, he scored four points he had four rebounds he went two for three shooting and he uh, took a three-point shot didn't make it and uh, yeah it was a pretty good outing considering he got the start and as Ty mentioned the uh, defense now you fast forward to the game against the pelicans he didn't shoot the ball quite well he went 0 for 4 but again you're seeing the rebounding effort he had five rebounds in the win over uh, the pelicans he uh, he had three defensive rebounds two offensive rebounds yeah he's gonna have those moments where he's not scoring let's talk about the offensive end for a little bit in austin he was the primary focus it was him and trey jones in San Antonio, he's not going to do that. He's not going to be that. And I think Spurs fans forget that. He was the focus in Austin, with Austin. He's not the focus offensively in San Antonio. So when he gets his touches, they're going to be limited time. Yeah, and like I said, is one he's he's technically a third stringer if we're going to say that coming off the going into a team that's depleted. But it's also just a Spurs team that has more other offensive forces that would i would say that they go to first lamarcus aldridge is not a fit for the spurs team unfortunately just with the way that his offense is and on how the spurs try to spread the floor how they try to get have a balanced scoring attack lamarcus just really isn't that and especially whenever he starts posting up like he has especially coming off the bench where he went from i want to say three and a half three and a half post-ups a game to six in the past two which is it's doubling it he's doubling his post-ups yeah he gets 21 points but that he's not really he has zero assists his defense is still really not there and he's just not getting his teammates involved like i said mm-hmm. they're out of the four bench players that played against the pelicans only two had points and that was patty and lamarcus so yeah you had 32 bench points but it was only spread between two guys and just not getting other players involved is not going to help your offense and that's why i don't really care to care too much for lamarcus and that's why he just doesn't fit with the team and but that's also another reason you're not seeing Lucas Omnich really become an offensive force that in the past two games at the least because he's just not getting the touches. He's not he's not the one that the offense is really working around like he did in Austin. And mm-hmm. he's kind of figuring that out. And I think he's done a great job to where the despite his lack of offense in terms of the touches he's getting, he's still outshowing and outperforming on the defensive end, which that's what the great players do, that they know that they still have to show up. Even when he was paired up with Trey Jones and Austin, they were the one-two punch. And even then, it was Trey looking for Luka. And, and Luka, again, getting those touches. You like just to see the fact that the Spurs are willing to give this kid a shot. And you're and he's getting it now. He's, he's getting 10-plus minutes per game as of now in San Antonio. And he's making the most of it. And just because he went over in the last game versus the Pelicans doesn't mean that he's, you know, he's trash or he's garbage or nothing. He's going to take time. Especially early on in their careers, 
whenever the offense is not driven around them. So, but like we've seen, yeah, there's star players like John Morant, Zion, and Luca that are all scoring machines, but that's because the offense has been driven around them from from their very first minutes in the NBA. Luca is going to have to earn his at least earn his offensive touches. He's I think he's in my mind he's earned his some rotation minutes certainly. I'm not sure if he's going to get in the rotation this season. This season, just based off the mm-hmm. personnel that's already there, but if there was an open spot, Luca would certainly be in that rotation. And right, yeah. if you can show that you can be on a, you can be good on the defensive end of the ball, you're going to start earning some offensive touches and earn that you can be out on the floor for both both ways. That you're not a liability on one end just because you're a scorer. But <laughs> Lucas Sominich is just he's just showing he's impressing me just because I wasn't expecting this defensive performance from him and it's really right. a pleasant surprise all right well there you have it hopefully luca will continue impressing in san antonio when we get back uh we're going to be talking more about james harden and the spurs and some other news and notes that you may have missed before we do that built bar it's the best tasting protein bar ever i got a new box lately and, and uh, recently excuse me and i swear to, i i finished it i just went through it and that's how good it was and i forgot that it's a health bar and it tastes like a freaking candy bar. They're really, really good. They have 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, including carrot cake, apple almond crisp, uh, caramel brownie. The list goes on and on. Peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. And they have it all there. And it's you need to go to builtbar.com right now because those bars, as I mentioned, they're soft, they're easy to chew, they taste like a candy, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're great if you're trying to lose, maintain weight. Uh, or just look for a healthy snack in the alternative. You got to get it right now. And, and also, if you're on that keto diet, they're perfect for that as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's the best in the business. I swear by them. You should go get yourself them right now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON20, and that will get you 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We're back, and I'm joined by Ty Yeager. Follow him on Twitter at the Ty Yeager, and he's also the co-host of At the Line podcast. Uh, Ty, let's go ahead and do some uh, news and notes here. And earlier today, I put out an article, and uh, if you want to see that article, just follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurzone. That Nets GM Sean Marks, you know the former Spur, uh, he compared James Harden's game to Mono Ginobili, specifically court vision. Do you see similarities with Harden and Ginobili when it comes to court vision? I can respect that. I I will say James Harden is, has made some excellent passes whenever he is whenever he is being team involved. Especially when you did look at the Houston team, even though he, the offense was driven around him, he still made some really good passes. He set up his teammates with kickouts and all that. So I do guy say that his vision, Mono Ginobili had some great court vision and some very impressive passing. I don't think the the passing craftness. Is there mm-hmm. like Manu, but I will say the court vision is there for for James Harden. I have to give James Harden credit, and I know it. It's not as yeah, it's it's, it's not it's tough for you to ta- do. It's not as taboo now since he's not a rocket, though. That is true. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, it's he's not a rocket, so the the pain of mentioning him uh, is lessened just a tad. But Manu will always have that block on him, that infamous block that still makes its way on social media. So take that, uh, yeah, James Harden. I, James Harden will never be better than Manu overall. <laughs> yeah, flat out. No, never will be. But yeah, I, I, I could see the same court vision. In that article I wrote, 
um, I put in video of uh, Manu's best passing highlights as compared to Harden's best passing highlights that he's ever done. And they're they're eerily similar. They're very, very similar. But no, Manu had more flair. He had more pizzazz, had more zip on it. Harden's just, uh, they're good, but you got to see the videos. You, that you can one, make your own there's, there's, there's one Manu pass I remember that was a, literally a bullet from underneath the rim to the perimeter. Yeah, I think or, it's in the video. Or was the way around? It was our way around. I just remember that yeah. pass would be in a damn bullet and the Spurs <laughs> scoring off it. Spurs, imagine if you're a teammate of his and you have to be, you know, head on a swivel because that ball's coming at you if you're open. And oh, he I, would I, find you. I would probably lose some teeth in the process. <laughs> I, I would. I'm I'm not that aware. I I mess up passes and pick up. I would not be catching Manu passes out of nowhere. All right, continue on some Spurs news and notes that you may have missed. Well, this one you definitely did not miss, but we're going to talk about it right now. The NBA fined uh, DeJounte Murray uh, a lot of money, 25 k for kicking a ball into the stands. You know, Ty, you know, where there's no fans in the stands? You know, they just, you know, because so many cardboard cutouts got hurt that, that play. Oh, no. Nevertheless, I got hit yeah. in the face, guys. I, 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 oh, it hurts. You know, I bet you would have loved that that happened to you. Like, if your cardboard yeah. cutout got hit, you imagine how, how viral that would have gone. Oh, I would love that to be honest. If it was if it was my cardboard cutout that got hit, I would have loved it. Also, that pass I was talking about, Manu, it was from the perimeter to Matt Bonner. Oh yeah, well, hopefully Matt Bonner made that three. Oh but, yeah, he, it wasn't three. It was it. It was it from the perimeter, Manu from the per, from the perimeter, straight to Matt Bonner underneath the underneath oh, the. Hoop. Under, oh well, I'm not used to Bonner being underneath the hoop for on the offensive end, but. He did it, apparently, uh, but continuing on with the uh, fine for Murray, Murray did talk about it after the uh, game versus the Pelicans, saying that he simply was just, you know, full of emotions, and he didn't want to lose. He did say that that incident will never happen again. Look, let's just face it. A lot of Spurs fans came out to Murray's defense saying they would even pay for his fine, start a GoFundMe, because that's what you want to see out of your point guard. That's what you want to see out of the leader of the team, isn't it, Ty? Yes, it's... It, I like the one thing I do love about Dejounte Murray is that man wants to win and nothing else. It's he isn't he doesn't care about the, his stats at the end of the day. He didn't care about a triple double that he got because the team didn't win. He cares about winning and his team first, more first and foremost. And that's what I love from him. And that's it. It's a dog mentality that's going to that's going to win you games and it's probably good to, it could even win you a championship because he's not going to he's not going to settle for just not winning he's gonna right he wants to win and losing off of a off a three-point dagger like that that one hurts he's gonna get emotional and he's gonna be upset but he's also going Mm -hmm. to use that fire in the next game which he did and so it's i love the fire from him uh i'm never going to be mad at him if he ever kicks a ball like that it's just (laughs) it's 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 emotions i understand it and it's it's emotions and sports just go hand in hand and so I completely understand it. I'm never going to blame him for kicking a ball into the stands. I'm not going to blame any Spurs Spurs player kicking a ball into the stands. Absolutely, yeah. So you love to see that out of Murray. And uh, one final thing, just want to get your uh, take on this before we put a wrap. You probably, I think everybody saw this already, but uh, there was a report uh, via Mark Spears, ESPN, saying the Spurs are shopping Lamarcus and Rosen. Ty, you buying or selling? Oh, this one's tough. It's with Lamarck's contract being at 24 million, it's really hard to move. And I just don't think, I don't think you can move him. I bet you are shopping around to see what you can get for him. 
or what little you're probably getting from. But I don't think yeah. the Spurs. Are, the Spurs might be shopping DeRozan, but DeRozan is too important for this team. Too he the way that he plays with the Spurs is just too important and too valuable. So I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not buying the the DeRozan trade, but I can. I can buy that some of Lamarcus trading trade shopping going on. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I look and, and of course that's what Brian Wright's gonna have to do. That's his job. He's the GM. He's supposed to make the team better. And if he's doing his job, then yeah, you want to throw those names out there to see what you can get in return. And I wouldn't be surprised if down the road you hear that the Spurs are, you know, looking at oh Derek White or DeJounte Murray just and then it's not because they don't want to keep them, it's just they're just trying to do their job. At the end of the day though, Ty. I, I I am buying the sell with you. I buy that the Spurs could be looking to move uh, LMA, although off that bench, he's been a different player. We'll see how that co- continues. And DeRozan, I just think that it's tough because he could factor into the team's long-term plans if he's willing, DeRozan that is, to be part of a rebuild. What are your thoughts, Ty? It's I don't – it's not the Spurs – so hold on, hold on. Jeff, I got to stop you there. I think you're playing the, playing the benefit of the doubt – I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here because I think you're playing devil's advocate, but Spurs are not in a rebuild. Spurs are fifth in the West. They're playing really good basketball, and DeRozan is not – it's not even part of a rebuild. It's This is a team that's trying to contend. They're, I'm not sure they're going – they're not contending this season just with what's in, some of the other teams around, but, man, they're going to be a playoff team. I think that's a definite for sure, and I don't think DeRozan is going to be part of a rebuild team. He's going to be part of a – contending team that's going to be playing really hard so and can you imagine I, and can you imagine if the uh, spurs use some of that money that they're going to have and bringing in another you know another power player to the, the roster right. i think i think they're missing i think if they can get that one big that one more big on there i think that that'll change everything he's already on the roster his name's luka samanich i know but i'm talking about I'm an established kidding. guy an established but, but, player that's really been there yeah I, I I think the way that the Spurs offseason could go is you keep DeMar, you resign him to a short-term deal, maybe a two-year deal, something like that. And then yeah. you use I'm not sure some of the big fishes on the on the free agent market I'm not really too happy about. Yeah, there's more there's guys like John Collins and Lori Marketing and maybe even uh Jared Allen that you definitely should go for, even though they are restricted free agents. You should definitely try to put a put an offer out there. But I think the main the main use of that money should be to sign veteran players that fit well with your young guys, just kind of like this season has where you got, you get guys that fit really well next to your young players and really buy into their, to that team, that team uh, first mentality. So it's, it's, it's like the Spurs this season have done a great job of a mix of young and old young and veteran players. And I think the Spurs should continue to do that in the long run. You just need to get players that fit really well with your young guys in the long run. All right. Well, there you have it. All right. Those are some news and notes for you. I got uh, another before, piece of news, uh, though, that's that's breaking that as, as we are recording. It, Keldon Johnson is now questionable for we'll the take game it. against the Nets. We'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I think any anybody will help any what body to bring back than the big body himself, Keldon Johnson. So hopefully that questionable will turn into available later tonight. But again, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. Uh, what do you think about uh, tonight's game? Any keys to the game that we missed? Uh, let us know. Also, what are your thoughts about Lucas Almanich? I know it's just two NBA games, but is there something? Are you seeing something? Are you still doubting the young man? Uh, we need to hear from you. So you can let me know on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. And make sure to 
Check out the rest of the Locked On NBA Network shows, including the NBA show, such as Locked On NBA Draft. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, how much do you really know about these potential NBA stars? Well, if you want to know more, then you need to subscribe to Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Ty, tell everybody they can talk with you. And you got a uh, a post coming out soon, don't you? Yes, I do. Follow me on Twitter at the Ty Yeager. And then look out for, I guess, more Luca posts because that's just how I roll. I, I'm I'm the, I'm the one task in charge of keeping my eye on Luca and seeing how he does. <laughs> and then also check out. I have another Austin Spurs, Austin Spurs. Uh, I might say prospects, but kind of a highlight highlight post of another of another player that's kind of been showing off for Austin lately. Yeah, and if you're following the Austin Spurs, you really need to because a lot of good games out there. The uh, Spurs are. Pretty the Austin team that is not San Antonio, but Austin Spurs, they're knocking on playoffs door. They did drop a game recently, um, uh, to Santa Cruz. They're eight and three now. Ty, they're still in it. They, they're, they're more than likely going to make the postseason. You're going to want to watch the postseason because it's single elimination. So they're going to be bringing their A game, uh, all teams that make the postseason. But definitely check out Austin Spurs action and go to, and make sure to follow Ty and myself because we have Austin Spurs coverage there you can just pick up see what the minor league team is doing um in their season but uh with that we're gonna go ahead and put a lock so for ty yeager i am jeff garcia we're gonna put a lock on this episode of locked on spurs